0: Baby's trying to teach him French and he can't say anything in French. (laughs) In fact, he can't even repeat the phrases that she tells him to repeat. She's she's like, Je m'appelle Joey. And he's like, Full of Foo, Joey. I think that's exactly what he said. Welcome to No Thanks We're Booked. I'm Molly. And I'm Katie. And this is a podcast where we look at life through a bookish lens. Hey, girl, hey. <laughs> <laughs> hey, girl,
1: hey. Um, we need to talk about what we're drinking because I want you to tell listeners what you told me about your drink.
0: Okay, so I am drinking, it's sort of like a lambic, which is basically a fruit beer. But lambic has to be, it can't be called lambic because lambic has to, I think, come from a place in Belgium I could be totally wrong about oh. that. All I know is that this is the what I'm drinking is from a Wisconsin microbrewery called um, Glarus. Cool. Uh, Glarus beer is a huge thing in Wisconsin, and you can only get it in Wisconsin, which is really I was gonna unfortunate. Say it, it sounds so hip. I know. I should send you some. Their most um, prevalent okay. beer is called Spotted Cow. Of course, Ah. because it's from Wisconsin, and people are obsessed with New Glarus. Steve's favorite is like this; uh, they it's an Oktoberfest beer that comes out every every fall called Staghorn, and he will buy it by the case because it only comes out for a very (laughs) short time. And he like
1: cool, yeah, yeah.
0: seasonal and seasonal. So anyway, what I'm drinking New Glarus makes it's it's kind of it's very fruity. It's it's not it's not like drinking beer. It's more like drinking fruit juice I love sort it. of but mine is it's strawberry rhubarb and it's amazing. i can't imagine what that tastes like i'll send you, you like i'll send you that and i'll send you some spotted um, cow and maybe a staghorn yes
1: <laughs> i love it i'm just drinking regular red wine
0: and i don't hate it is it red wine is it a uh, dry red wine or it's
1: a cab salve Which... and it's pretty i mean like not too fancy um i would say it's pretty dry but honestly, I'm not a connoisseur. <laughs> I could drink... I'm like one of those people who could drink red wine out of a, a box and be like, this is delicious. Although like, I've heard no. that there
0: actually are good red wines out of a box these days. I have too. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's totally a thing
1: now. So uh, Katie and I were just talking about how we, we kind of want to switch things up for this episode. We've been talking about what we are currently reading. We actually just recorded another episode. (laughs) Yeah. Earlier
0: tonight. So instead of rehashing everything that we've already said. Yes. We're just we thought we'd do life updates. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Which is why we talked about what we're drinking. And then we'll talk about some other stuff too.
1: I think for me I'm just summer summer is busy. I think I always think that summer is going to be calm and relaxed and chill but there's always something going on there's always in the summer
0: there it is I find summer to be it's not winter is when you like cozy up and don't leave summer's really like is. you're out and about and you're busy I know both of us have been traveling recently we both had family vacations actually
1: yeah, um, this past week
0: yeah my family went to Michigan it's funny to me that we went we went to northern Michigan which is <laughs> very much like northern Wisconsin <laughs> but yeah. instead of going you know straight up we i drove 8 hours down through chicago and up through michigan yeah so my family got a cabin in traverse city michigan which was really fun it was it was it looked beautiful it was beautiful it was really really beautiful so it's right on lake traverse city is right on lake michigan but the cabin we were staying at was at a lake that was sort of nearby and it was a beautiful lake really a clear lake i i think i would rather
1: be at a lake house than a mountain house or a beach house. I just, I don't know what it is about lake houses or river houses even. Like, yeah.
0: There's just something really nice about it. Especially because you're usually surrounded by woods as well. So right. you're, you're not getting the it's wide open secluded. spaces as you would on the beach with lots of yeah. activity. Um, like I mean, beach don't activity. get me wrong.
1: I love the beach and I love the mountains
0: too. Me too. Although I have yeah. to say, given all th- So I I love the beach and I haven't had a beach vacation in a really long time. I'd love to go to the beach soon. I also love the mountains, although I didn't grow up anywhere near mountains or we didn't even visit mountains really as a family. Yeah. Aaron
1: grew up in the mountains. So whenever we go, there's always this, I feel like whenever we leave the mountains, it's always like a a really emotional thing for him. Like he just misses it. So much. I think that's how it is for people who grew up in the mountains. Probably oh, I'm sure. people who grew up in the beach, at the beach, too. Yeah. That's really my only lo- life update is just everything's been busy. We've been traveling a lot. Um, I'm ready for fall. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that's that's really all I have. I've been working a lot. Yeah. What's, what's been going on with you?
0: The only thing thing that's been going on with me is I made the very impulsive decision to start a marketing business (laughs) yeah you did girl I'm I'm so excited I'm totally overwhelmed by it right now and I'm I'm like so I got my master's degree in communication and I took lots of classes having to do with online marketing but of course that was eight years ago now and so I'm retaking a class a course on um, uh digital marketing, basically, and I'm starting a company, and I'm really nervous and also really excited. I'm calling it's it' gonna be great I know well, I hope so I'm so i'm it's so at the beginning right now and and that's scary it's scary it's yeah. scary because I'm like, well, what if I don't find any clients? What if I don't find any small yeah. businesses that want want me to advertise digitally for them? <laughs> Those but,
1: are all such normal fears though
0: I know. <laughs> But I have to embrace like my inner go getter, s- go getter, my inner strong. Like I can do this. Yeah. I am a strong, capable, yeah, fearless woman, yes, girl. Um, which is not usually how I feel very often. Um, I am a nine on the enneagram, so like taking control of my life like this is a really scary thing. Um, because yeah. that is not something that nines do easily. Yeah. And I am very but much in.
1: But you're going to rock it and it takes time to get comfortable with that. Right. And know? like anything
0: like, else, like starting this podcast or starting my booktube channel, you know, I, I didn't feel confident doing either of those things, but we just did it. Right. And it yeah, turned out yeah. fine. And, you know, we became confident and we became experts. Well, I still don't feel like we're experts in the podcasting, but we're getting there. We're getting yeah. there. Yeah. Um, we know a lot more than we did the first we know a week a lot we more it. than we did. And we have survived yeah. microphone troubles. I don't know if I... This is the first episode in a while, actually, or the last episode was the first episode in a while where I had a mic back. My, my mic stopped working, which... That's Lots of technological happening. challenges. Right. It's been so annoying, but... Anyway, so I'm calling my... I'm just going to tell you because I think the thing I'm maybe most excited about with my marketing business is the name that I came up with, which it's is so cute. Wild Fox Marketing Co. Yay! I love it because it's... It's, it's perfect. Yeah. It's really meaningful to me because I basically combined my son's names. I love so it. so sweet. Anyway. It's so sweet. Yeah.
1: You're going to be great at it. I can't wait to listen back to this episode. When you've been doing this for a while. And I actually have And you can be like, wow, like (laughs) I was so nervous, but
0: I just did it. Right. I can't wait for that too. Because once it happens, it will feel legitimate. Like right now I feel a little bit like an imposter. Yeah.
1: Which is also totally normal. Yeah. The whole fake it till you make it thing is very valid. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it just is. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's Um, true
0: no matter what. In fact, we were talking about Crazy Rich Asians in the last episode, and I watched an interview with the actress who plays Rachel Chu, and I can't remember her name in real life. But she was talking about having to do auditions. So she was on Stephen Colbert, and Stephen was asking her about, you know, actresses and actors have to basically lie for a living. And he was saying, you know, every actor – and actress has lied in an audition about what they can do or like what's on their resume, which always makes me think of Joey from Friends who yes. <laughs> had to learn French. Oh
1: my <laughs> <gosh>. <laughs> and this the is a best. very similar
0: story that this actress told. She was like, I am I'm Chinese American, but I was auditioning for a Korean American role and I told them that I could speak Korean when I can't speak a lick of Korean. Whoa. And I asked a friend to give me the one line, like to, to tell me how to say this one line. And they loved how I said that one line and asked me to ad-lib in Korean. And she's like, I basically just made noises. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. I, <laughs> which, I did not know that. Which That's is so what funny. happens to Joey and friends when... <laughs> I know. <laughs> Phoebe's trying to teach him French and he can't say anything in French. <laughs> In fact, he Classic. can't even repeat the phrases that she tells him to repeat. She's uh, she's like Je m'appelle Joey" and he's like foo Joey." <laughs> I think that's exactly what he said.
1: How many times have you seen that episode? Uh, more than I can count. Oh, I
0: lots. have a friends reference for basically everything in life.
1: <laughs> I'm on a Parks and Rec kick right now, like oh, Parks and Rec. any like I've seen that I've seen it so many times, yes, yeah. but I, I just like to have it on in the background mm-hmm. when I'm doing stuff. Absolutely. Oh, okay. Anyway, anyway, very exciting. Moving on. Very moving on. Very yeah. exciting about your company. Can't wait to look back on this episode once you've established
0: it. <laughs> it's it's going to be exciting. Be yeah. Um, and I just have full confidence in you because you're a rock star oh, thanks Molly I really um, need it I need your confidence I'm relying on I'm relying on the people in my life to give me the confidence that I need all
1: of you listeners need to go send Katie a message and tell her she's a BA <laughs> can, we <just laughs> <on> <laughs> can we just say it on this app just say it come on no. but she is So this is a longer question. It's, it's by Megan Perry, um, but it kind of ties into like what we want to talk about in this episode. So I'm going to read it. It's a little bit longer. Megan says, I have loved reading since I was old enough to start struggling through the big chapter books without the aid of my mom. But early on, I developed this aversion for reading any books that I didn't absolutely love. Okay, maybe that's everyone. (laughs) But my way of solving the fear that the next book I picked out might be a dud was to reread my old favorites four, five, six times over instead of risking picking up a mediocre story. Has anyone else felt this way? And if so, what has been your remedy for finding the next good story? Such a good
0: It's such a good question. It is such a good question and such a hard thing to answer, too, because I feel like this is all of us. Right. And we've talked about this before on this podcast. We're all in search of our next favorite book. We all want that constantly. And of course, we don't get that. We, we can't ever be just reading favorite books one after another, although I do think there are seasons when we're reading everything that we, we're enjoying everything that we read. I know that there are times when I'm in that place where I don't want to pick anything else up because I don't want to be disappointed and, yeah. and and there's another aspect to that where I know I'm going to be disappointed by the next book I read because it's not going to live up to the book that I just read or to one of my favorites. Yeah. Um,
1: when you have the book hangover. Right. And you're like, anything right. I pick up next is just going to be like a rebound book.
0: Right, exactly. <laughs> like if there's no, it's, I shouldn't, I, it's not going to get the credit that it probably even deserves yeah. because I, I'm i going to be comparing <laughs> Yeah, it. Yeah.
1: I think that this is probably more likely for, to happen to people when they're younger with with childhood classics or or books that were really foundational for mm-hmm. their love of reading yeah or but I also think there's something about Megan saying instead of risking picking up a medi- mediocre story there's some kind of like fear driven mm-hmm. um reason for rereading that I think is really interesting here but I also think like Sometimes we just want to return to that first love book. Right. And I think that's, I, I don't know if that's necessarily a problem to get over. Yeah. I think yeah. you just need to do it.
0: I, I actually totally. Rereading. But before
1: we do that, the remedies for finding the next good story that she was asking about. I almost feel like rereading can be can jump start that search for the next great book. Because you kind yes. of you you satisfy, allow yourself to yeah. indulge
0: in, in a reread right. that you're feels satisfied like an Right, right. You're satisfying that desire to, to read a favorite. And so And then you you're kinda of ready to yeah. like
1: explore another book and put your heart out there and maybe it crushes you. Right. <laughs> maybe maybe it isn't the a great read, but um but I have never and we will talk about this in this episode, but I've never reread a book more than like uh, Megan's saying four, five, six times. I know so many readers who've read their favorite books countless times.
0: Okay, let's talk about we're gonna pin that and come back to yeah. it later because I want to talk about that. Yes. And I think that um one of the ways that I So I do, I have reread books countless times, but not usually in succession. Like I, not, I usually won't pick up a book, read it and be like, I want to read that immediately again. I don't usually do that. Um, But one of the things I usually will, if I'm, if I really want, if I want to be sure that I'm going to love a book that I pick up next, I usually will pick up something that has come highly, highly recommended to me. Specifically, where someone has said, "Katie, yeah. I think I think you will love this book,"
1: and someone you trust, someone I
0: trust too. Although, yeah. Yeah. usually it's enough for me to hear someone like if they know my reading taste at all, yeah. Then I'll usually give it a shot. So Megan's patron question um, just
1: goes perfectly with what we want to talk about today. We are talking rereads today, the, just in a general sense. Um, why we reread books, I guess what compels us to reread, maybe some of our favorite books that we have reread. I know there are some readers out there who hate rereading books. Mm -hmm. There are some readers out there who love it and they do it all the time. Um, there's a lot to be said about rereading in the public reading life. I feel like a lot of, a lot of readers identify with this idea of rereading as children, or before they um, started a, a Bookstagram account or a, a Booktube channel or something, and then feeling this pressure of, well, I can't, I, I don't have time to reread. Books there I've are so read, many other yeah. books. Yeah, there are so many other books that I have to read. I can't pick up another book that I loved that I read. I I I don't. That's a luxury that I can't. I don't have. Right. Um. So there's a lot to be said about this. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to just dive into what you think. What's what's your rereading philosophy? Do you have one?
0: I do. In fact, there was a time when I did a BookTube uh, episode about this as well. So I have, I thought a lot about rereading and the value of rereading. I think rereading is such a valuable experience. Yeah. Because, and sometimes it can be scary, right? Because we're not always sure whether we're going to love a book that we read as much as we loved it the first time we read it. Yeah, true. But I do think, but I I think that there's so much to be taken from rereading our books. And I think for me, one of the reasons, I mean, and I'm going to say this again, I've already said it in this episode, I'm a nine on the Enneagram. I seek comfort, like it's my job. And so rereading to me is always like returning to my good friends and um, getting to visit stories and environments and places that I have come to love that have become a part of me. Like to me, that is the epitome of comfort. But also I take different things away from books every time I read them. Even rereading Anne of Green Gables, which is a book that I've read countless times I don't know that I could count how many times I've read Anne of Green Gables because I've I've been reading that book since I was 11 years old and I've reread it at least once every couple years since then so that's a lot like That's, that's a lot of, that's a lot of rereading of Anne of Green Gables. And every time I read it, I take something else from it, both because I'm now much older than Anne was when I read the book for the first time. And the first time I read the book, I was Anne's age. So just life experience gives me different perspective, but also like the writing strikes me differently every time. Like the wisdom, the wisdom, just depending on where I am in my own life, the wisdom that I glean from the book's is different just because of what I'm going through personally. I'll take different things from it. Or, or like a beautiful sentence that strikes me one reading will, another sentence will strike me another time. And that sentence that struck me before won't strike me in the same way. So I love the experience of rereading. But I do find that I don't reread as much as I used to. And yeah, I... that makes me, it makes me sad. I have felt that pressure that you were saying, um, since joining sort of the online book community to that, that feeling that there are so many books in the world and I am never going to be able to read everything that I want to. I don't have time to reread these books. Yeah. I've let go of that a little bit. Um, I felt that part pressure of it a is, lot more before. Yeah. yeah, sorry, I've been talking pa- a lot. No,
1: no, I love I love everything you're saying, and I totally agree. And part of it, I think, is that door has been open to us, in in that we're we're being bombarded with book recommendations in a way that we weren't before we right. started kind of having a public reading life. So it's it's pressure that we put on ourselves, but it's also just I feel like there's so many books whizzing by, and I can I can try to reach out and catch them and right. read what read what I can when I can. But the idea, I guess, it's fear of missing out, is what it is. Like if I reread a favorite, that's a decision I'm making to not read another book. Right. Um, but I I agree completely that it's all about comfort and it's all about returning to. comfortable feeling um whether that's the reading experience or like being immersed in this world with your with old friends like you said Mm -hmm. I will say the books that I've reread are very there are very few books that I've reread in my life I've read I've read a few children's books like I've read Chronicles of Narnia I've reread I've reread Matilda and yep. kind of some of those children's classics that I did actually read as a kid yeah. um I've read as an adult and I feel the same way that you were saying I feel like I identify with different like certain things strike me differently but also I'll identify with char- with different characters yes, like sometimes same. the parents oh, because yeah. I'm closer in age to the parents in the story I I see them differently, and, yes. and that's always interesting.
0: Oh, yeah. In fact, um, I have reread Harry Potter quite a lot in my life. That actually is a series that for a long time I would read through the series, and then I'd just start over from the beginning and reread it again. It was like a yearly thing for me, and I haven't done yeah. that in a while. Um, actually, I started a reread of Harry Potter two years ago, I think, and I still haven't finished the seventh book but I'll get to it and then I'll probably want to start. Like I'm already having the urge this year again to start rereading Harry Potter. Yeah. But I remember the last time I reread Harry Potter that 2 years ago when I started that reread. Um it had been a while, like at least 5 years probably since I'd read it. And in that time, I had I had entered a new life stage. I was both married and a parent. And so my perspective had entirely shifted. And when yeah. I read Harry Potter before, I identified much more with the students. And when I read when I started my reread, I was identifying with the teachers, mm-hmm. especially I remember identifying with um, both the Weasley parents and also uh, Remus Lupin I was identifying yeah. a lot with Remus Lupin and also being more critical of the adults I think than I was before like
1: being yeah. very
0: critical of Sirius Black who I love yeah but being much more critical of him and really really critical of Snape in a, of an yep. entirely new way
1: yeah that makes sense to me another thing I think is interesting is rereading like the different way that you consume the same book. Like for me, I will physically read a book and then often I'll listen to it again mm. in audiobook form. Yeah. I did that with um, The Shadow of the Wind, which is the, one of my favorite, favorite books yes. of all time. Yeah. And the audiobook is so good. And I it's, should it's listen so to And it's so enriching. That. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Um, And I I love that because you're already familiar with the story. So it's not as...
0: You don't have to be as intentional about your consuming of it. Yeah,
1: exactly. And then also another book that I reread was The Ocean at the End of the Lane by Neil Gaiman. Mm. And I I actually listened to that on audiobook twice. Just because Neil Gaiman's voice is Mm. so... He is the best narrator. And both times... I loved it. I thought I thought the second time around I was going to be a little bit bored, yeah. Because um, I was listening to it with Aaron and he had never heard it, and I was like, "Well, it's worth you listening to." It. I've already listened, so I probably won't tune
0: in. But I was captivated the whole time. That's amazing. Again. I did read *The Ocean at the End of the Lane*, and I've also read *American Gods*. And I, I don't know. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't love either. But I. Yeah. But then this is another reason I'll reread. Sometimes I'm like, I should give him another shot. I should reread The Ocean at the End of the Lane.
1: I want to hear your thoughts on that because people have... There was someone in this Anne of Green Gables reread who commented on our Instagram and said that she did not love Anne the first time that she read the book. She thought Anne was kind of annoying and wasn't a huge fan of the book. And then she reread the book for our read a readathon, read along, whatever, um, and had a change of a uh, change of heart, and I love that. I love the idea of giving yourself space to reread a book that could change your perspective on something. Because right. I'm such a stubborn reader that I'm like, well, of course I'm. If I don't like it the first time, I'm not going to like it the second time,
0: you know? Right. But in the same way, I mean, I think rereading can go both ways, and that's what's both scary and wonderful about rereading. Either you might reread a book and love it again just as much as the first time you read it. You might reread a book and be disappointed and be like, I don't know what I saw in it the first time. Or you might reread a book and be like, I don't know why I didn't like that. This is amazing. And so it's interesting because... I like the idea of rereading a book that I didn't enjoy the first time, but I've never done it. I yeah. I can see myself doing it, but I haven't. Um, yeah. But Neil Gaiman would be a good one for me to maybe maybe do. Or I've also thought about maybe rereading The Night Circus because ooh, yeah. There's time and this is we talk about this a lot in terms of setting a book down like we'll say it might just not be the right time in your right. life to read this. right but and that could be true like whether you dnf a book and say it's not the right time i may return to it how often does that happen i don't know but <laughs> i i don't dnf books so i think in historically i've had a hard time because i've seen the book through to the end and i still didn't like it yeah um but it also could have a lot to do with the fact that i just wasn't in the right place to read it for whatever reason it wasn't striking me at that time in my life and it could again and it could be I mean it could be for so many different reasons it could be for what was going on in my life it could be that maybe the language was like sometimes I feel like like especially with Neil Gaiman his books are very dreamlike
1: yeah and I love that but I also I never physically read The Ocean at the End of the Lane. So maybe yeah. there's some disconnect. Like, I would say that's a great example of giving yourself a second chance with a book in a different format. format and saying, okay, maybe physically reading is not. But he is such a, a storyteller in his voice. He, mm. he really captures Ugh. the story yeah. through his voice. And I think you, I really think that you would feel differently if you heard him tell the story yeah but, I but hearing you knows? say that
0: I think yeah maybe I would but at the same but also it could be that the first time I read it it, it really when you read his books it feels like you're reading someone's very strange dream yeah and it's yeah I get that and I think maybe in a reread because you've already read it and you already know the direction it's going and you've had time to like digest it before it might be disorienting yeah it might be more easily digestible because you've already chewed on it for a while yep so
1: I could do that with American Gods American Gods lost me a lot Aaron's actually picking up American Gods soon um, and I'm like, it's like
0: 700 pages. And it's very long. long. It's really. But really I kind long. of feel
1: like Aaron will like it. So
0: a lot of people really do love it. A lot of people do. And it could be. I don't know. I it was. I think Steve's read it and he loved it. So
1: I read it with Jordan from uh, Jordan discombobulated. Yeah. who is a YouTuber friend of ours. Did she um, like it? We read it at the same time, and we were Voxer messaging about it, and she loved it. Huh. Loved it. And actually, I think I would have been totally lost if it weren't for her and our messages back and forth. Because there were times when I was like, can you tell me what's going on here? Because I'm so confused. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I love I like what you're saying. Like, I love the idea of returning to a book that I didn't love, but maybe I wanted to love. Yeah. But then that's risky if you have high hopes for a book you have high expectations and you don't love it it's risky to like go back to I get that how that can be risky
0: right you know? it's risky well I feel like it's less risky to return to it if you didn't love it the first time because your expectations have already been dashed That's you know true yeah. so I, I feel like it can't go anywhere but up right like if you didn't yeah. like it if your expectations were high and you didn't like it but you want to give it another chance like you're you're starting at the bottom again. So, yeah. but I how think many people
1: actually reread a book that they didn't like?
0: I'd be I really very wanna, curious to know. If
1: you have listeners, if you reread books that you didn't like because you you right. have a feeling that you might f- feel differently about it the second time around, will you send us an email and let us know what that experience was like? I would love to know. I would love to know if you're. If, you cha- if that changed your mind about a book, right. if that ever worked for you.
0: I would also love to know if there's a book that you read that you loved the first time and that you didn't like upon yeah, a reread. It just didn't stand, stand up to right. what you – To your memory – yeah. And which has not happened to me. I'm always afraid that it's going to, and it never has. Like, I have actually done quite a few rereads this year. I reread the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society, and I was really afraid I wasn't going to enjoy that one again. But I, I loved it. And then I reread, I've reread Green Gables now. I reread, um, oh, there's other ones this year that I've read that I've forgotten. They, they might well, come that, to me, but. There's probably, I Oh, Walk I Two mean- Moons I read. Reread but those
1: rereads are books that have, have like, won all of these awards, and, like, I wonder how you would feel if you reread Sweet Valley High or The Babysitter's Club right. or... or Nancy Drew.
0: Some of those, or, yeah.
1: or Nancy Drew, like, some of those that were, I feel like, or, meant a lot to kids growing up, but didn't, weren't Stein. exactly... Yeah, but weren't exactly literary, like, masterpieces.
0: Yeah, my brother and I read a lot of R.L. Stein. I read a lot of Fear Street. He read a lot of Goosebumps. (laughs) And my mom always hated it because they were not, they weren't good books. But my philosophy is if you're reading, that's that's good. But
1: but the question is if you reread that book now... I do not
0: think it would stand up. I really, I don't, I don't think. But it's
1: also like those books aren't targeted for you. Whereas like Walk Two Moons, it's, it's for younger people, but also for older, like there's this universal appeal to it.
0: Right. Right. You're right. And are there books, are there books that you'd like to reread that you think about now Mm -hmm. and you're like, I'd like to reread Mm -hmm. that book? That's a really good question.
1: Oh, I'm sure there are plenty of books I would like to reread. Um. I feel like any five-star book that I give is a book you'd like to return to. Is a to. book I would like to return to. Yeah. Um, but the reality is I just don't reread that often. Yeah. I, I mean, I, like I said, the sh- the ones I'm thinking of off the top of my head, The Shadow of the Wind, The Ocean at the End of the Lane, um, Matilda, all of the Chronicles of Narnia. hmm I actually did reread the first book of Harry Potter, which is hilarious because I didn't grow up reading that. Mm-hmm. I, like, pretty much read the whole series and then immediately started rereading. Yeah. Um, for the same reasons that I think a lot of people were rereading oh, yeah. Harry Potter. I was talking to my sister-in-law about this. She's a huge reader. And as a kid, she would read, like, a hundred chapter books in the summer. Like, she was just a crazy reader. Um, and there, there's this series. They're called the Mandy books. If anyone listening knows what I'm talking about, let me know. Um they're set in North Carolina. So I think it's it's a local like you probably haven't heard of them. But yeah, it's I've, like I've never heard of them. There it's called the Mandy books and it's a, a little girl and of course the only thing I remember about this children's series is that she had a little cat named Snowball. Because, like, of course I'm going to remember <laughs> that she has a cat named Snowball. And then at the, that it's a mystery book. And at the end of every book, she she always says, when I am afraid, I will put my trust in thee. And so it's, like, this little, <laughs> it's, like, kind of loosely a Christian book. But mm-hmm. I just randomly picked it up in my school library in, like, middle school when I never read books. Yeah. And I read almost every single one of those books. Um, but I, I just randomly remembered them the other day, and I would love to reread oh, those yeah. books just to see what it's like.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, have you – okay, so have you heard of the podcast, the Babysitter's Club podcast? No. So it's hilarious, and I suggest you listen to it. I haven't listened to all the episodes. I, I've just listened to the first few, actually, because I just started. I've heard about it for a long time, but it's these two adult men – who decide to read through oh. the babysitters club. Yes, my friend was telling me about this actually,
1: I think. Yes. Like and it's w- reading they they share some of the, the Every
0: episode they passages. read a book for every episode and they basically dissect <laughs> the book in every episode and it's hilarious and they go really in depth is. I know and they go really in depth because they're spending an entire episode on one <laughs> babysitter's club book which is they're like pretty vapid books so I just I love it so much they're like analyzing <laughs> I love everything but that actually I would be really because I love the babysitter's club I'd love to read like the first couple I mean they're I mean like I said I think they're pretty vapid I don't think that they're particularly well written. Probably, there's but a lot. Part of me
1: thinks that if you're a if you're a person who tends to be oh, I'm nostalgic, so nostalgic, I'm such then you're a just gonna person. love the book no matter what. Right. If you reread it, because you're gonna remember how happy it made you as a kid, and right. you'll be able to see the flaws in it, but right. you won't. It's not going to totally disappoint you, I feel like.
0: Right, because you kind of know what you're – you know what you're getting into as an adult reader going back. Like, you would be reading it purely for nostalgia. You would be reading it for no other reason. Like, you wouldn't be reading it because you're like, I think this is going to be a great book.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So we love
0: to reread, although we don't do it very often. Um, I used to do it a lot more often. We would love to hear – about your rereading experiences, what books you have loved to reread in your life. What, or we'd love to know if you are not a rereader at all. I would love to know why people don't like to reread. I'd love yeah. to know reasons behind that. Um, so let us know. Send us an email at no thanks we're booked at gmail.com about your favorite rereads. Um, we'd love to know, like we mentioned already, we'd love to know your different experiences. Like if you... Reread a book and ended up hating it the second time around, or reread a book and, um, because you didn't like it the first time and wanted to know if you'd like it any better, like those things that we'd love, we're very curious about. So, whatever, whatever, whatever you want, really, send us an email. You can also find us all over the internet we've got links in the show notes to our website and all of our social media accounts feel free to follow us there feel free to go check out our patreon account if you'd like to contribute to our podcast we would love that and appreciate it we appreciate all our patrons so much and we love the community that we're building over there
1: well that's all we have for you guys today thanks so much for listening and until next time stay booked